The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire Master. My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers! Okay, what are we drinking today? So today we're drinking straight up Drambouille. Drambouille is a whiskey liqueur. It's a blend of scotch whiskey, spices, herbs, and heather honey. Okay. Okay. And it was traced back an actual secret recipe, supposedly, that was created for Bonnie Prince Charles by his royal apothecary in the 18th century. Wow. Okay. And Drambouille is derived from Scots Gaelic, which means the drink that satisfies. Okay. And basically, it was developed in 1745, and Bonnie Prince Charlie took a personal dram of this each day for strength and vitality. Wow. So this was like one of his medicinal type things. It's interesting how these ancient concoctions by the bards and druids and, Mm -hmm. and sort of chemists of the time are actually liqueurs that we enjoy today. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's got a huge history. Yeah. And I've wanted to try, I've had it maybe once or twice in my lifetime in a cocktail that was already made for me. I saw the word and had no idea what it was. Right. I knew it was a cordial of some kind or liqueur, but I had no idea yeah. how it added to the drink or anything. So I'm right. really fascinated to try this because from the aroma out of the bottle, it reminds me of Benedictine Dom. Right. Very similar concoction mm-hmm. in a way. Right. Although Benedictine's made with many more floral totally. components. You're right. Right. So yeah. Anyway, I'm really happy that it's this golden color because we get to celebrate fifty thousand downloads of our I podcast know. today. Fifty thousand. Isn't that great? God, that's yeah, crazy. Well done us. Well done us. Yeah. It's seven. Steph, it smells very honey like. It's got lots of sugar. The legs are huge. Yeah. Yeah, I smell that same type of herbaceous smell when I the dawn yeah it's it's got a very sort of you know natural flavor smell to it yeah it doesn't smell medicinal in that way it's and this is from isle of sky it's lovely you know it's wow it's very syrupy yeah so it's very syrupy has a very is thicker higher but it has a very honey forward flavor yeah so that's what you're it's kind of like the viscosity is thicker but it's like okay honey it's like thin honey kind of yeah (laughs) I get, I mean, the spices, when they say spices, that's actually what it tastes. A lot of black pepper. Yeah. 
I don't ever remember having cough syrup that tastes like this. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can see what royalty did to create medicinal things. It reminds me of the color that you would see in pharmacies. You know, they had have, have those big toll bottles of yes. things. It has this, this is one of those colors. Yeah. But you can, I mean, now I'm getting more of the herbs. Yeah. And I mean, you could see how this would, if you had a sore throat or a cold, how this would be something you could try, you know? Yeah. Okay. It's awesome. I like Very it. good. Mm -hmm. Like it. Okay. So today we're going to tackle an interesting topic. Yeah. We have been watching The Sopranos. We've been binge watching The Sopranos. Binge. Binging. We've been binging on. Binging bad. I mean, we just we, we binged on Breaking Bad and we binged on that show from Denmark that I can't remember the oh, name of it yeah. now. What was that? Because that was really. That was a good show. Good. <laughs> and we were in the whole crime thing. And so we thought, well, let's binge Sopranos too. Yeah, because we both had seen them. And it's amazing going through, like, binge watching and going through all these seasons. There's. I mean, there's small pieces I remember, but there's huge chunks I just don't remember seeing. I was deeply into The Sopranos when it was live, when it was like a, a new show. Yeah. Didn't miss an episode. And I literally remember flashes of the whole <laughs> series. Yeah. Because, I, you know, if you think about it, like it took place over years. Yep. And it was once a week. But we're watching it like every day. <laughs> several a day several times a day so we're, we're <laughs> usually like we there's times where we watch a month's worth in one in evening one evening yeah <laughs> but anyway the the topic we want to talk about because it, it's really present for us is we're watching season six and in the last season which occurred in 2006 apparently yeah that's the timeline that's yeah. the timeline there is just a shit ton of homophobia oh my goodness episode. it's full of it it's full of it right and it's like in your face. So we have to we have to set the stage. So during that era, so it's it's soon after the AIDS epidemic, you know, within a few years, 20 yeah. years or so after the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. AIDS epidemic hit in the late 70s, early 80s, into the 90s. And yes. so people were just sort of getting their handle on it. And at that point in time, there was still, it was long before gay marriage. Yes. And there was still just a lot of straight up homophobia. Totally. And the New Jersey Cosa Nostra in this series was deeply homophobic. You know, and it's weird because our uh, protagonist, Anthony, yes. is gone through a life or death experience, right. near death, you know, basically experience, experience yeah. in the last few episode or so. And so he kind of, you know, after, you know, becoming, coming out of the coma and I'm alive now. Yeah. He has committed himself to every day's a gift. Right. And you can see it come up in the dialogue as a boss for him on how he reacts to the really petty and significant stuff that comes up. Yeah. And one of the things that came up right before he got out of his coma was one of his captains, Vito, who had already been identified as gay by a couple parties. Right. But wasn't out. Right. Wasn't an out homosexual. Um, what they were told, you know, that this is what he is, and he went missing, and they're all like, "We have to find him and hunt him down to get rid of him." Like, well, I want to back up, a take him bit. off the earth. I want to back up a little bit. So, in the show, before that happened, there's a scene where Vito's spotted going down on a guy in a car, 
at a construction of, site. At a construction by one of the characters, the, um, the boyfriend of the of, of Tony's daughter, daughter, yeah, Meta, right? And you don't see anything more about that. The next scene you see where Vito is clearly an out man is where he's in a club, in a leather club, and he's dressed in like the leather paraphernalia, yeah, and he's got a YMCA. Got, police officer yeah, and he's outfit. wearing like chaps. a collar and chaps and the whole thing and he's spotted by one of the maid guys yeah he's and doing business there he's doing business there there's so many things going on there because yeah. he obviously in this show it's like life or death so he when he gets spotted he puts it off like it's just a joke this is all a joke he's trying to explain it away right he can't explain how he's dressed and that yeah. The guy next to him doesn't know what's going on and gives him a kiss right. while he's trying to defend himself. And then, of course, if you flash over to where he was spotted giving a blowjob to a security guy, a construction site by the boyfriend, he later then pretty much threatens his life. Right. Vito threatens the kid's life, scares the shit out of the kid, right. basically on a lot of innuendo about what he saw. Right. And basically innuendo, like, if you say anything, you're dead. Right. So it's just, it's crazy that yeah. and then your the sexuality dialogue, has to be defended that way. Yes. And then the dialogue of the made men in their little, you know, powwow around a table is extremely homophobic. Oh, my goodness. It's extreme homophobia. And they're talking about killing him and how he's a disaster and, and he's it's gross or whatever. It's, yeah, it's, it's all it's all in the world. It's all in of, fear. Yeah, there's a lot of fear, but also there's a lot of macho manness of. Well, it's almost like they think it's a disease that it's catching. Right. Like they're if you get near that. me, I'll get it. Yeah. And we're not even talking about Disease. sexual diseases. No, we're talking about, we're just, talking being about just being gay. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of like extreme homophobia. And so Vito takes off. He runs away. Yeah. And leaves his whole family. Leaves his whole family. Everything. Now he's married to a woman who he's not having sex with, and that becomes apparent. And he's got kids from that woman. And she knows that he's that there's something about him, but but he's a great dad and he's a loving father. She accepts. She accepts him. But her uncle is one of the New York mafia. And he's, and a, he's, he's a, a deeply homophobic yeah. asshole. Anyway, so Vito, Vito runs off and he ends up in the small town. In Connecticut, I think. New Hampshire. Or New Hampshire. New Hampshire, yes. yeah. Ends up in the small town and he meets this guy who's a short order chef in a breakfast bar. Mm -hmm. And there's clearly some tension there, some energy there. Yeah. But over the course of time, it becomes clear that the breakfast chef is also a fireman and is in a troop of gay firemen yeah and so you've got this this community it's so interesting because you've got this gay fire brigade that's taking that's care of their community, the, by the community. Loved by their community and in addition you've got this sense of Vito's fear of being found out yes and little by little this tension develops between them and they end up in a parking lot and the chef kisses Vito and Vito reacts violently. Like, how did you, yeah, yeah. like, how dare you? How like... dare you? Anyway, so th the point is that he's acting out of fear because he doesn't know when he's safe. And that's part of the, the structure of the, the, the argument. Well, because his, his life back in Jersey, 
Yeah. You know, gayness in the community that he's in. It's just not could allowed. Mean, yeah, it's not allowed, accepted. It death. It's yeah. death. Yeah. And so then he goes to this committee where he actually sees gay couples going to breakfast together yeah. and everyone around is like, hey, how are you doing? And right. they're treating them just like regular community, which is what should be happening anyway. Right. And it's just almost like an Alice in Wonderland type moment for him where he he can't believe what he's experiencing. Like it's too good to be true. Yeah, he's starting to become present to that. He's not a freak. Yes. You know, he's starting to become present to like, he's okay. He engages with this guy. They become lovers mm-hmm. and they're living together. They're living together. And there's a really sweet scene where Vito's making him dinner, a candlelit dinner, mm-hmm. Italian food. And you just get the sense that he's he's creating this loving relationship. Yes. At the same time, he's running out of money, and his gay friend has gotten him a construction job, which he hates. Which, which you know, he's a big fat guy who's really not a worker. He's, no, he's, he's a, not. Well, he's at they say super- he's involved in construction for the mafia, but let's be honest, he sits in a lawn chair and does uh, and oversees the union yeah he sits in a lawn chair and grifts yeah he's not really in construction he's not and it's just really funny scene in the one show where he's <laughs> like working in the morning and, and <laughs> well we trying, don't know how much time is he's trying to like, like he's trying to like pass the time by like, not he, looking at his clock and he's like pounding nails and sawing and he's like the conversation he's having with himself is it's got to be like almost 11. It's got to be like almost it's 11. It's almost two hours. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually. Savor like, it. Savor, savor it. Yeah. <laughs> he's hoping like he's near sandwich time. And he looks at his clock and it's like 10 in the morning. <laughs> and he hasn't even like really begun. Yeah. And then there's a scene where he gets, he, he just starts sleeping in the barn. Yeah. And it's uh, the ranch person finds yeah. him and, you know, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't sleeping. <laughs> Anyway, so he gets to a point where he realizes he can't live like this. He misses his family. He misses his kids. He misses his culture. He misses his which culture. Which is, if you think yeah. of what's so hard, is he, he was had ostracized to, by he his had culture. to leave his cultural community, right? To, to be to authentically run, to run for his life. Right. Well, to save himself for sure, okay. but but then later live at someplace else that didn't fit him as a for his community, his life, no, what he was used to, what he's comfortable with. And so it's like a sacrifice of, well, you want to be comfortable, then you're going to be not gay, Right. basically, is the issue. Right. And then, oh, you're going to be gay, you better move away, or you're going to be killed. I mean, these are the options he had, right. not very, very many options. Very terrible homophobia, very terrible. And and then they even, they they keep it alive, too. It's not like at the meetings, they're just having these conversations about how terrible it is. Of course they are. But then they start using it against each other, nudging each other in right. Homo- homophobic type comments like, oh, but I saw you do this once. And the reaction out of these men. It's extremely. I mean, this is people just pulling your chain. Uh, they all know it, right? right? Even if they are homophobic, they're just getting their chain pulled. But the idea is they're, they're breaking their balls. They're, what they're freaking out. They are completely. I mean, There's... way over the top, like Wait, to the yeah. point where I'm going to draw a gun. And to the point where you wonder, like, are they really all that homophobic or are they really all just homo, like, homoerotic, right? They have yes. this homoerotic experience. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting conversation in, in the show because topically, if you think about 2006, the conversation about 
homophobia was a very present cultural conversation in America right. at the time. And, and here's this really popular show at the time putting this out there in a really public way, you mm-hmm. know, to have the conversation. I mean, I think back in 2006, I don't think there were that many gay people on television in like regular. Well, there might've been channels. gay people and they may have, may or may not have mean, been I, identified. Yes. I don't mean, I don't mean gay actors. I mean, characters like tv but that's what i mean characters who were gay. but they weren't identified as i think characters. Murphy brown was on at there that were time. there were a there few, were a few. There but, just a few but not it wasn't a ton i what i thought was interesting is they even dared to have the main boss he was not in a hundred percent agreement no, with well, the what table. his point was that here's vita who's a top earner and yeah, he's why doing should, his job so why, why should his sexual identity come into play here right he's like why would i turn away my top earner right which is a great argument because that's right. the whole point. That's the whole point. Who cares what you do sexually in your right, bedroom, exactly. but you are a ethical person. You've right. got integrity. You've got all these things. That's what people need to look at, not yeah. think about watching people and saying, what do they do in their bedroom? Yeah, there, there was certainly, the way the Sopranos writers wrote that, they certainly wrote it that this Italian community was an extremely homophobic community. Yes, they did. I'm sure, And I think there was press about that too, actually, to I be honest, remember, that they yeah. claimed you're making us sound like our community is homophobic. Right. There was an outcry after that, but it was the last season and they're putting yeah. everything on the table. Yeah, we don't know what the resolution is because we haven't got to that episode yet. But, but he is driving back. He's driving back to his community. I'm going to say he's going to die. I think he's going to die, yeah. which is sad. But... Yeah. Anyway, I think that if you want to see what it was like to be gay in the early 2000s, yeah, season six of The Sopranos is a good place to look at what that experience was like for people. Yeah. And it was awful from was just being out in public, you know, just terrible homophobia. And, you know, since then we've had gay marriage. Yes. And there's, you know, now we have a gay secretary of transportation. Yeah. You know, so like things have really shifted in the last 15 years. We need, there's way more work that yeah. needs to be done, but, uh, but things we are really making shifted. move, movement. making progress. Yeah. Making progress. As an epilogue, we watched the next show to see what happened, knowing that he's probably going to die. And sure enough, both the New Jersey crowd and the New York crowd are committed to killing him. And as it turns out, it's his wife's cousin who orders his death, the New York Mafia. And they accost him in his condo or apartment and they beat him to death and skewer him with a pool cue. It's a really brutal scene and the mafia uncle is sitting there smugly watching him die and it just goes to the whole picture of just the brutality of gay bashing in the period around the turn of the century and I think it's really worth remembering what it was like and just how far we've come and I'm grateful for that and things still have to get better That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time.
Cheers. Thank you.